Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Great to be back with you folks. Good morning to you. With us uh, again today, uh, left over from yesterday, is our brother Zach. Zach Knight, Missionary Wounded Spirits Ministry. He talked yesterday about, you know, deploying as a 19-year-old man. He's recently married, being in Afghanistan for a year. We kind of wrapped up talking about them shooting projectiles at the enemy, doing some air assault kind of stuff where you land, you have to do quick movements, you have to set things up, you have to shoot at things. And so we're going to start in just a minute. Uh, with where we find Zach in that situation. But before we do that, we've been starting with a characteristic of PTSD that folks suffer from. And Zach just brought up one of triggers and, and flashbacks and, you know, all those types of things that come together. And there's so many directions we can go through. But uh, realize, folks, as we're talking, a trigger is something that sends us back or brings us to that point of the trauma. So uh, we're still talking with Zach about the different traumas he's been through, the different things of that nature. But, uh, you know, the trauma of being at war, the trauma of his father dying, the trauma of deployments, being scared, you know, fears real in the military uh, in the best of cases in the worst of cases where Zach was at. It's terrible. And so a trigger would bring you back to that, give you those feelings, uh, depress you, make you think back to things that happened and things of that nature. And the Bible reminds us to be careful for nothing in those things. We use this verse a lot with PTSD and Philippians chapter four, really six and seven, but be careful for nothing, everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be known unto God and the peace of God that passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ. So the answer to things like triggers and uh, to, to these flashbacks, to these terrible things that can take us over to those of us who suffer from PTSD. The, the answer is to pray. The answer is to apply God's blood. The answer is to seek God's help. And, and so I wanted to do that. I wanted to uh, bring up this characteristic of triggers. I actually asked Zach in between starting this podcast, finishing the last one and starting this podcast, and this is something that Zach goes through. So, Zach, back at you, back with you. So we... Thanks for being with us again, by the way. Yeah. And uh, so Zach agreed to do a couple podcasts. He's actually sitting in his car out there in Indiana right now to be quiet. And uh, uh, so it'll be a quiet podcast. And you're not the first one, brother, to do the podcast right. while sitting in a car. I did, yeah. I did them in my pickup truck as they were working in our doing some construction in our house last year. And uh, But we, we finished up your first deployment, so I, I want to go back to that. There's three. We're going to try to cover all three today and, and wrap this up. But finish up the first deployment, so you get on a plane and you come home, and what's different, what's the feel, what's great, what's weird, what's kind of trying to describe coming home? Yeah, it was definitely weird. Um, there's not a lot of transition time between um, being deployed and, and coming back. I mean – it seems like it takes forever because you got to make flights from Afghanistan to a middle country. And then you got to go from there to like, depending on Germany or Ireland and then back to Fort drum. 
but then once once you're there um you may get a four-day break to try to unwind but for 14 months you're on edge or for most of the people were there for 16 months because they did it they were deployed before i got there but four days to unwind and so you're trying to do everything that you missed in four days even though you're back for a year or so before the next deployment but it's i would i remember because in afghanistan or training you don't have very much room so i would put stuff under my bed um kind of like when we were deployed you put everything underneath your bunk because you had to fit 20 people in a small tent yeah and but and it was just different like we talk about hypervigilance that was me yeah um I and that hyper, about, just so you understand, hypervigilant is, you know, again, living right there in the edge. Everything winds you up being scared, being nervous, being wound up a little. Just letting folks know who may not know that term. All right. right. Back, back at you, Zach. Yeah. And I remember, because obviously there's no cell phones in Afghanistan, so we went. And I tell this story when I preach. Um, we we went to go turn on our cell phone and there was kids with balloons and that's fine and stuff. But one of the balloons popped accidentally and, and service members like we would duck behind a, or hide because like the loud pop just freaks us out. It still does to this day. And so, and I always still to this day, I, I try to sit so I can face the door. Yeah. I don't know why. It's just one of those things that, I mean, I have to know where the exits are and and stuff like that. The world's getting even more crazy. So, I mean. Yeah. And that's one of the things. But so for I think a year and a half, and I had knee surgery in between deployments. Um, another knee surgery because I tore my meniscus. But other than that, I mean, it was. we, Katie and I actually entered the honeymoon phase when we got back. Yeah. Which is kind of bad because, I mean, I'm hypervigilant and I've got all this stuff going on. And so I wasn't the greatest husband. Um, no one's perfect and I'm definitely not perfect. But just trying to get back into the living with someone that for you had a month and a half to live together after you got married before you went away. Yeah. And it was hard for her, too, because now she's got someone there all the time. And, and it, it was just difficult. And yeah. then, and then the deployment cycle, like you said, Fort Drum, 10th Mountain Division is the most deployed, I would say, uh, division. Yeah. Yeah. And so we got home for a year, we trained for a year and we left again, or we got home, trained and left. So you leave uh, now. At that, cycle. So at that point, there's no children. Uh, no. Um, so we got extended for the four months and then, so they gave me my two weeks of R and R because I haven't been home. Yeah. And then right at the, right after I got back, we found out we were, uh, Katie was pregnant with our first son, Aiden. Yeah. So it was probably, and then he was born in December of 2007. So you were home for uh, when Aiden was born then? Yeah. Yeah. I got home. Yeah. I was home for all three of our kids. Oh, that's a blessing. So, so yeah. then, so you have a little baby, you have a wife and you come down on orders again for obviously Afghanistan again. Now, now what's different about this deployment? You go back to Afghanistan and, and what's different, what's going on with all that? Well, this, the location was different. I've been up the whole East side of Afghanistan on all three of these deployments, but the second deployment, I was more of a, um, 
operations guy. Um, the first deployment, I called in the artillery with the infantry and the Cav Scouts. And so this, the second deployment and the third deployment, both, I was more of operations in the uh, the control, uh, the talk, the tactical operations center. Yeah. And so I, I controlled the fires. We cleared the airspace and stuff like that. So it was more of a, it was more of a shift work kind of um, deal. So you you're making sure you're not shooting when there's a helicopter coming in and and uh, right uh, and that there's you know nothing else being shot at the same time. So that's kind of a big job. I mean, you're trying to do that quick. Plus, you're trying to get support to uh, the infantry and stuff. Now, was that a, was that a gut wrenching kind of job that was all consuming? Did you have time downtimes or how was that? Yeah, we had downtime. Um, when I first got there, we did two 12 hour shifts. Um, and the section we had, I think we had five or six soldiers, uh, two Sergeant first classes and a staff Sergeant. So two E sevens and an E six. And then it was just, um, three E4s. It was me and two other E4s or specialists. Um, so we did 12 hour shifts. So we were either sleeping during the day or sleeping at night and vice versa. And we could work out, um, go get chow or, or have some downtime in between shifts. But towards the end of the deployment, um, one of the E7s went and took over a platoon and one of the troops that we had, and then the E6 took over a troop. So it was, we had one staff, or Sergeant First Class, which was our fire support uh, NCO. And then it was me, um, the senior specialist running the section. So it was real hard. I mean, it was the first time really, I think I was 22 at this time, put in charge of other people's lives. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. And then it's, it's kind of like a 911 dispatcher too. Um, because the 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 first deployment it was real fast to get artillery and mortars and and stuff like that. The second deployment it was more there was more rules of engagement as the war progressed. There was more things that you had to do to check the box to make sure you could get support. And so I'm sitting there calling brigade trying to get air, and while my buddies are getting shot at or whatever or they're blown up and they're stuck in a one position. So you're sitting there like you couldn't do anything. Your hands were tied because you were just waiting for the clearance. And so that, that kind of took a toll toll on me too. Um, so there was a constant worry going on with that kind of stuff. Yeah. Cause you're like, are they going to get help or are they going to, are they going to get what they need? And then they're like, well, why don't you do this? And I said, it's not, I mean, we can always pass the buck to someone else, but yeah. Yeah. So you come home. So you over there, anything really bad? I mean, was there loss of life or limb with any of your guys at that point or any of the people over there? Um, before I got there, I think two or three soldiers died. Mm. And then when I was there, one of my buddies from the communications office, uh, he was a gunner on one of the up armored vehicles and an ID went off right underneath him. And oh. He died. And uh, that was real tough because he was a real good guy and and stuff like that. But uh, and then before I went on this deployment because I I deployed late again because of my knee surgery. The day that we left, we found out that Katie was pregnant with our second son Owen. And so and then I was back for that because I only deployed for six months that time. 
That's better. And what was that like coming back after that? Well, it was, uh, it was almost the same as just the cycle, but at least this time we knew what to expect because it wasn't our first time being away and coming back and stuff like that. But, and then coming back to, uh, well, let's see, that was in 2010. I came back, I think. So he would have been two and a half years old and, and it's just he's walking and talking and and stuff like that you miss those things while you're gone yeah you feel guilty yeah and you like people take it for granted that they get to see all that but then there's service members and people that don't get to yeah yeah that's tough and and so so how long are you home now between your second and your third deployment so uh we i think it was a year and a half we deployed in 2011 again to my third deployment. So somewhere along the way, you must have re-enlisted or something. Yeah, I re-enlisted. Well, dummy me, I say that now, but I re-enlisted for two years to have a um, stabilization or whatever it was at Fort Drum because we just bought a house. Yeah. That's a whole different story. So I'm like, I don't want to, because usually it's every fall or every spring you get PCS orders to go yep. somewhere. And so I didn't want to, we just bought a house and I didn't want to uh, sell it right after we bought it. That didn't make any sense. So then I re-enlisted for two years and then we got stuck in the deployment cycle again. So I re-enlisted for another four. So wow. I re-enlisted twice in the same year, really. Mm. And um, yeah, so the, then 2011, we deployed to the Kandahar province in Southern Afghanistan. Now, what was that? How long were you over there in that time? That was 12 months. Yeah, I did that, that whole tour. Um, 12 months, we, uh, it was still, I was still in the operations center. And um, uh, it, was, it was a bad deployment, but it wasn't as bad as the first two. Yeah. Because we had the, the CAV, especially my unit, we were always doing more with less people. And we were always like, the first deployment, we were in Nuristan province, which if you look at Afghanistan and it's got that little finger going into China and around, yeah. we were all the way up there. So we're, it was an hour before we got any air support or anything like that. So, and, but in Can yeah, yeah, go ahead. In Can Kandahar, we had the Kandahar airfield right there. And so we had, we had assets on station all the time because where we were stationed or where we were based they, every time the helicopters or airplanes left Kandahar, they flew right over our, our area. Mm. So constantly hearing that. Yeah, constantly knowing people are going out and coming back. Now, did you guys lose anybody in that third deployment? Uh, yeah, we lost a few people. Um, but on Veterans Day, was one of the worst. Um, I, it was a sniper shot, and it killed the, the kid. I think he was 19 instantly. Um, but one of the, even worse than that, we had, um, we always trained the Afghan army and the Afghan national police. And then they started, um, helping us guard our, our bases that we were at. And, um, they call them green on blue or blue on blue. They would actually start, they would get infiltrated by the Taliban or whoever, and they would start shooting us service members inside the base. Hmm. So that was even worse because I mean, you're hypervigilant anyway because you have people outside the wire that want to hurt you. But now you have people that could be inside that 
that wanted to kill you too. Wow. Wow. So you get out of that and you come home. And so now you have like, how, how many years did you have left in the military when you got home from that uh, two, two? Yeah. Two years. Yeah. And we got back in 2012 and, and I actually went through the med board, the MEB med board process because my knee, I couldn't do push-ups or run anymore oh, or okay. sit-ups. So I actually got out maybe two months before my actual contract yeah. was up. Yeah. Cause your knee was all messed up and, yeah. uh, and see folks, that's what happens so much with our military people. There, there's not only the, uh, you, you know, the side of PTSD that, that affects your psyche and all those things you've been through and things of that nature. But as, as Zach is living proof, there's so much, uh, people getting hurt physically and things of that, you know, that's something you carry with you. Now, how is your knee? You're still dealing with that kind of thing or. Well, uh, yeah, my last knee surgery, they said it was a temporary fix to a permanent problem. Uh, eventually I'm going to have to have knee replacement. Um, but so far it's doing all right. Um, my back hurts more than my knee. So, wow. Yeah. So Zach, you do three deployments. What were the dynamic changes in your family and your life? What were the telltale signs that you were in trouble? Um, well, the first thing I, I, looking back, I can see it from the getting home, but I had a short fuse. Yeah. Um, the kids, they were just being kids, but like if they were too loud, I just wanted to listen to watch TV. I would snap at them. I would snap at Katie. Um, and then I remember one time at church. Just um, that anger and irritability. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was real bad. And I remember one time at church, uh, one of the kids didn't want to leave or something. And I grabbed, grabbed their arm and pulled them up. And that was the real breaking point because everyone was like, what is going on? And I'm not like that. Uh, yeah, that's that's not me. And so that's when I started getting help from the VA and the pastor and, and stuff like that. And yeah, that's that's the really starting point of God healing me because I gave it to Him. Yeah, yeah. Now, how did it affect? Uh, how did it, how was your? You know, not getting too private, but how did it prior to you getting help? How was it affecting your relationship with Katie? it was it was horrible yeah. um she didn't deserve any of what i yeah. put her through yeah um of course not. It, we were I, I don't know it was just like we lived on two separate sides of the house she yeah. was always on guard and um mm. and, and i saw the i saw the world going crazy and and i always thought she was i'm going to put that i'm pro second amendment all the way so I always want, we needed something in the house and she was always scared because of my outbursts and stuff to have any, um, pistols or anything in the house. Yeah. And I didn't know that's why I just thought that she didn't like guns or, or something like that, but she was really looking out for everyone. Yeah. And I've never, I've never had a suicidal intentions or anything. I've never even thought about that. Yeah. But she, she didn't know. Uh, and I mean, when you're, two second when you have a two second fuse and and stuff like that you never know what's gonna happen yeah, yeah. but yeah it was, was it was like she always says she was like walking on eggshells and looking back i feel horrible for oh for sure doing that sure and, and most of it was me and then now we know most of half of it was ptsd and stuff like that but yeah 
Yeah. So now the other moment. Yeah. The other side of that though, Zach, now, now that you're healing, now that you're helping, I mean, that must feel really good to you. I mean, what's, what's that like? Well, yeah. I mean, we're, we talk all the time. Um, we actually laugh, we laugh a lot. Um, the kids and before, before I actually got help, like the kids wouldn't ask me to do anything because they know I'd say, no, I just want to, or I would just sit there or whatever. But now they're sitting, coming and saying, Hey, let's go or let's go play or something like that. And, and it's real nice. Like seeing both sides, looking back, I mean, we can be ignorant, not ignorant, but, uh, I don't know what the word like blinded by what we did in the past. Yeah. And that's bad because obviously you're, you're going to repeat it if you don't, if you don't look back and see what happened, but, uh, it's just been a real big change. Um, we, we go out, um, as families now and have fun. I mean, sometimes I still have a short temper, but I apologize right after I've never apologized before. And that's one of the biggest things. So it's a, it's a, it's a day. So, you know, here's the great thing, folks, as we're, as we're listening to brother Zach, the, you know, he sought help and, uh, maybe some of you listen to radio today and, and you got PTSD from other sources. Certainly there's so many that cause trauma, accidents, death, uh, you know, rape, uh, abuse. We could just go on with the long list and, uh, being in combat and, and dealing with these types of things are real. And, you know, Zach's coming home and it kind of rearranged his brain a little bit. It does. It rearranged your thinking. It rearranged. But the good news is God can unscramble all that. And the good right. news is, is Zach found help uh, through God, through God's word. And not only that, but Zach's helping others. And uh, mm. so, so Zach, you're, you're on deputation now. And deputation, for those of you who don't know, Zach's out raising funds uh, to be able to do his job in the military, you know, to reach out to military and other people with PTSD. And, and that's hard. I mean, tell us a little bit about that. And so, uh, like I said, uh, yesterday's podcast, um, Doug asked us to move into Warsaw area, um, because we're going to be building a retreat, uh, here for people to come and get help. And, and I want to be a big part of that. And so far, I mean, it's, Every church that I've been to, there hasn't been one person that says this is a ridiculous ministry or people don't need need help. And it's been the, the exact opposite. Yeah. Every church we've been to, there's been at least one person saying either I suffer from this, my husband, or the last church we were in, their daughter was in the Air Force mm. and flew the Predator drones and dropped bombs on people. Wow. And I always used to... Lord for, forgive me, but I always used to say you can't get PTSD from dropping. I mean, you can. I mean, it's it's not a normal thing to kill someone else. No, it's not, and it's not a and, normal thing to live with it happening around you. Yeah, right. And so, and she and this lady has been in trouble with the law. Um, they say that the VA there just like told her to go talk to someone, and and it's just real crazy. But everyone. Everyone, I believe, has been touched by PTSD in one way or another. Yeah. I think the statistic was uh, 20% of the population, maybe. Yeah, right now. Five yep. people. Yep. That's a lot. And, yeah. and and people, the VA used to just throw pills at you. And and I take a couple, um, a t- couple medications now that help me with my adrenaline and stuff like that. And that's great. That's helped me, too. But, but yeah. we believe... Um, 
both that kind of that kind of help and biblical help is the most important. Yeah, yeah, do, doing the Bible thing, and that's good, brother. And uh, folks, I know this is a having to cut off Zach here, but I hope these last two podcasts have been a blessing. Have you looking at things a little differently and? understanding just the sacrifice that these military people, these first responders, understanding the sacrifice that families of people with PTSD, those of you listening with PTSD, learning from Zach that he had to take a look around and, 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 you know, change up his attitude a little bit and, you know, try not to be angry and spend more time and do those things. Well, we appreciate you, Zach. And I, I know these last couple of days, it's, it's hard to give up time to do this. And we thank you for that. We thank you that you help people and, and folks, maybe, maybe you need help. And if you do look for us on the helpful wounded spirits, Facebook page, we'd love to uh, love to help you, you know, drop us a message. We'll get back to you just as soon as we can and go out to the wounded com and send us a message that way. And we'll, we'll make sure we get back to you, but we sure do appreciate you. Thank you, Zach, for being with us. And, uh, we look forward maybe to having you come back again in the future. May God bless you folks. Listen to every word old brother Eric has to tell you today about knowing for sure that, you know, Jesus Christ is your Lord and savior. May God bless you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth, and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at WoundedSpirits.com.